Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 17, beginning in verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them up into a high mountain by themselves. Now, as we begin this chapter, certainly the obvious question herein, the one question that begs to be asked is why only these three men? Why wouldn't Jesus simply include all of the apostles in this great miraculous event? Now, we know that throughout his earthly ministry, Jesus often made unilateral decisions. Never did he seem obligated in any way to explain himself, and frankly, why should he? No, we do not know why, only that he chose to take just those three. We can, however, gather that by such actions, Jesus had a special relationship with Peter, James, and John. Maybe they were the best apostles, or perhaps they just needed a closer eye or a shorter leash. The obvious answer is just that Jesus was simply closer to these three than the others. Such is a natural relationship so often between a teacher and his students. Conventional wisdom, for whatever that is worth in theology, would say that Jesus was investing in these three very special individuals because they, because he knew the powerful role that they would play in the future of the church. Verse 2 goes on, He was changed before them. His face shone like a sun. His garments became as white as the light. Now the King James Version says he was transfigured. The verb transfigured in Greek speaks of a, quote, transformation of essential form proceeding from within, end quote. Again, transformation of essential form proceeding from within. Now that would seem to infer that the real miracle was not in this event, but rather in the fact that he was able to appear to everyone for years as a mere mortal and not as the transfigured, radiant glory that stood before them at this moment on that mountaintop. Let's also take note that Romans 12.2 and 2 Corinthians 3.18 uses the same term to speak of the spiritual transformation of the believer's new nature. Verse 3 says, Behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them talking with him. Now again, we are compelled, if only out of curiosity, to ask, why Moses and Elijah? No doubt it was because they perfectly represented both the law and the prophets, both of which clearly looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, and behold, here he is. The gross sum of the Old Testament revelation meeting face to face with the fulfillment of that revelation 
The Gospel of Luke tells us that the discussion that went on there that day consisted of essentially one topic, how Jesus would fulfill his calling upon the cross. Verse 4 says, Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you want, let's make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Now here we have continuing evidence that Peter really did not, as of yet, understand the magnitude of what he was dealing with. His actions essentially places the three of these prophets on equal footing. Peter acknowledges the authority and the glory of each, and he desires to build a tabernacle for each one of them. But he fails to understand that Moses and Elijah, well, they were there for Jesus. He was the reason for this gathering. The honor was due the Messiah, and essentially only him. Peter, like all of us in such incredible situations, wanted to hold on to the moment. We all can relate to such a desire. Spiritual relationship and communion are blessed and even titillating events. But it seems our present call today is rather to bear the cross and its message not to wallow around in deep spiritual experiences. Much of the larger body of Christ today is so focused on these experiences, however wonderful they might be, that the kingdom work so oftentimes fails to even take place. Some correlating scriptures for you on this subject. 2 Timothy 4 verse 5, James 1 verse 25, Luke 9, verse 23. Verse 5 says, While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. Behold, a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. So this bright cloud, well, that is what is extra-biblically referred to as God's Shekinah glory. It is so called because it is the physical manifestation of the presence of Jehovah God. Out of this cloud of presence, the voice of God speaks. And in classic God style, if you will, he is at the same time both brief and profound. The creator of the universe, echoing his declaration that was made at the baptism of Jesus, he states the truth of all the ages. This is my beloved son. In him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Please notice there is no sharing of this standing and position. None of the rest of the world's religious prophets are herein mentioned. Verse 6. When the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were very afraid. Jesus came and touched them and said, Get up and don't be afraid. Lifting up their eyes, they saw no one except Jesus alone. Ah, yes. In this account, we most definitely can relate. It seems the flood of the moment overtakes these mere mortals. However, we should acknowledge that these guys were actually found just as where they should be in these kind of moments. On their face, before the glory of God. Jesus 
then snaps them back to reality. Back to the reality of the situation before them. It is fitting also that in times of fear, Jesus comes to us with a touch of comfort and words of reassurance. He doesn't have to, but he certainly does often. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.